Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Real Mentors Radio. Troy Dooley, your host here at the show. And I want to say thank you to all the listeners who really stuck in there with me over the last couple of weeks as I, as I lost my voice and it's come back. Uh, that has just been uh, the craziest thing. Happens this time of the year with the weather change in Florida, but it's been fun. Today we're finishing up Craig Rochelle's book, Weird, because normal isn't working. But the fun part is what we're going to start Monday is phenomenal. Dave Ramsey's brand new book, Entra Leadership, 20 years of practical business wisdom from the trenches. Let your, let your teams know, let your people, your office, let them listen live, let them listen on the net, download it over at YouTube, or not YouTube, but iTunes, because this new book that Dave put out will definitely be one that you want to listen to as we come into Thanksgiving. You know, this is going to be a powerful time. You've got to be focused, and you're going to find out today as we finish up Craig's book that you need to be focusing on just one thing. Kind of sounds crazy, doesn't it? I mean, it's interesting the way we do this, but I think I can't even do it as well as what Craig does. Listen to this. He says, on New Year's Eve, I often have the feeling, wow, that year went by fast. Most of the time, I look forward to the coming year with excitement and anticipation for all God has in store. But other years, I can't think, can't help but think, man, I'm so glad the year's over. Both, both are pretty, pretty normal when you think about it. I mean, you know, if we've had a rock star year, then it's exciting. I was on the phone yesterday with Peter, Peter Mingles, and we were discussing our personal lives and our business lives, and 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 our lives have paralleled for, gosh, I don't know. The last six, seven years, I mean, we, we sat on boards together. We've been friendly competitors together, been associates together. I mean, it's crazy. Uh, we've even been across the, the battlefield illegally together. And as we were sitting there talking yesterday, he said, you know, it's amazing how people get caught up in their own life, Troy, and they don't realize how much goes on around them. And he goes, with you and I, we've we've constantly got to put on that that face of helping our people even when we're hurting. And I thought, man, that's so true. And and there's just years when both of us, like we were yesterday, saying, "Dude, I'm just, I just want it to be over," you know. And and he said, "I know the feeling," you know. So you know, you just, it's all normal. But Craig goes on. He says, "But it's also quite normal to make New Year's resolutions. Often things like losing weight, giving up smoking, spending more time with your family, or starting a new project." Sadly. Unfortunately, I guess, by the end of January, 40% of the people who made those resolutions have already broke them. By Valentine's Day, the number jumps to 75%. And yet we all the time hear people say, set goals, set resolutions, yada, yada, yada. It's crazy when you think about it. Craig says, over the last few years, I've changed my New Year ritual. Changed it in a positively weird way. Instead of making a long list of resolutions for myself, I make only one that's chosen by someone else. That's interesting. He says, at the beginning of the new year, as well as during the other life seasons, many of us try to imagine all the things we'd like to do different or see different about our lives. Some people might even try to get organized and make list capturing their goals most people have a lot of unfinished ideas i was on a text message yesterday with a good friend of mine out of texas 
And this time of year, he goes through the same ritual, I'll use Craig's word here, that I do. <clears throat> Constantly reflecting over the last 12 months as, you, as you're moving forward and where you want to go in the next 12 months. Seems like every year we get back to the same conversation that we had yesterday. He gets in that rut like everybody else. So what are you going to do? See, what if you could do <clears throat> just one thing? What if you could change just one thing? If you were going to put all your focus on one thing this year, and you did that for 10 years, do you realize that each year you would you had focused on one thing, and in 10 years you would have massively changed your life in 10 different areas? See, that's, that, that, the more I thought about <clears throat> the simplicity of this, the more it made sense. Excuse me. I've been training in network marketing for years. Just focus on one. Just focus on one. People become overwhelmed when they got to focus on a boat. Go get three, go get five, go get ten. Just focus on one. Get one, do it right, make it happen, and then move forward. That's all you got to do. Craig goes, I'm purposefully and intentional about asking and listening and asking, in his case, God, what's the one thing I need to focus on this year? Now, hey, maybe you don't hang out with, with in, a, in a prayer Hanging out at the beach. I mean, I go to the beach. I, I pray, you know. But maybe maybe you don't. Maybe just go find you a place. Meditate. Whatever you call it. What's the one thing you could change this year? See, the, the, the crazy thing, especially if you're around network marketers, they'll say, well, think big. Think huge. Why are you only thinking about one thing? Because that one thing, if you gave it all your attention... Gave it all your focus would change your life. See, sadly, too many network marketers focus on three or four different companies. They focus on three or four different downlines. They focus on three or four different this, three or four different that. Crying out loud, I don't know how they have time for their personal life at all. Find something and focus on one thing. See, we all have this life where... where our intentions are paved with gold. We, we, we have so many good intentions. It, it's, it, I mean, we, we just want to help everybody. I mean, I, I don't think the majority of people go out of the way to want to go beat up people and hurt people. I mean, it's, it's one of those things that we really have a passion to help people. Why isn't it we can't get it done? I think the reason we can't get it done is because we focus on way too much stuff. We're not focusing on what's important. We're not focusing on the one thing that could change our life could make things different for us. That's what we've got to look at. I mean, this is, this is it's kind of been the thread all through the book when you think about it. Each thing was focusing on one thing. Let's, let's look at that. You know, for three or four chapters, we focused at the beginning of the book on, on, the, on time. Then we left time and we focused on money. We left left money and focused on relationships. We left relationships and focused on sex. Some of you said, "Why can't we spend more time there?" And now we've we've focused on values. And if you pick just one thing, maybe it's one of your values that's out of whack, and you just focus on that. You could turn good intentions into God intentions when you think about it. It goes back to what we've talked about before and we've talked about on this on this program here. It's that purpose or mission that you're here for. How can you help it? 
Craig writes this. He says, if we want to be better than normal, we must move from good intentions to what he calls God intentions. He writes, how can you find out God's intentions? You can ask him what he wants for you, and if you listen to the Spirit of God, then you're going to hear it. We're not talking about some audible voice. You're just It's the mindset. You New Agers a lot of the times call it the law of attraction. You know, it, it, it's going to be, you're going to know. It's funny because those that read the Bible know that in the 43rd chapter of Isaiah, God gives the people of Israel a series of, of beautiful, powerful promises. And in verse 18 and 19, he makes one particular life-changing promise, one that, that Craig and, and I both believe applies equally to us today. He says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. In their case, they were, they were, they were in captivity at the time. You know, we, we've got to look at this. <clears throat> we've got to focus on this. We've got to know we are going to be moving forward. Craig calls it the U plus 4 equals 1. He writes, if you're serious, truly serious about wanting to know where God wants you to focus your attention right now, then four questions can help provide the clarity during your discernment. Number one, what one thing do you desire from God? What's the one thing you want from Him? Financial ease? A better relationship with your kids? Tighter relationship with your wife? A career advancement? Being able to help the homeless? What What is the one thing that you desire from God? Think about this. I mean, this is the, now this is whacked out, okay? So, but let's say you were like me and you were out at the beach, and you're cruising around and you're saying, "God, you know, I'm 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 hanging with you. I'm praying. I want I want to see what happens." And and he shows up. I mean, you know, here he comes down the down the beach. He's got his flip flops on. He's got a couple of chairs and says, "Hey, why don't you sit down with me for a while? Let's have a talk." You know, I've been listening to you, and I decided I'd come down here, and, and we're going to hash this out. We're going to figure out what it is you really want. You know, I'm I'm here today, <clears throat> and, and I want you to narrow it down. Let's work on this together. What is the one thing that you desire from God? Now, everybody's different. You know, we, I, mean, I know this is a little awkward, maybe, but... Think about it. Hey, don't get real spiritual. Oh, God, I just want to be, spend time in your presence. Okay, that's great, but 99.9% .9 of the people, Christian or not, that isn't the key. What is the one thing you... I can tell you what I would ask him for. And I don't know if I'm typical male or not, but I can tell you this. Wisdom. I want wisdom in every aspect of my life because I have come to the conclusion <clears throat> it's not knowledge that's power. It's the wisdom that comes from applying that knowledge and God I want wisdom that's my number one goal what's yours see that's what will make the difference or maybe it's God I want I want my marriage to be to work we've been married and I feel like I'm I don't understand or we want marriage to whatever the case is number two thing 
that you lack. If you were honest in, in, about your spiritual life, your relationship with God, let's say, what's the one thing that's missing? <clears throat> what's the one thing that's missing in your spiritual or in your personal relationship? What's the one thing that's missing in your business relationship, your physical? What what is, What's the one thing that you lack that you know you need? Now these aren't. You may spend the whole weekend in, in investing time to figure this out. Craig brings up a story that I found amazing. Now, I've read this story a million times, but he tweaks this thing out a little bit. He says, remember the story of the young rich guy who sought out Jesus for some advice? He asked, Jesus, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? Jesus says, well, you need to obey the commandments. Now, the the up-and-coming, you know, entrepreneur under 30, you know, <clears throat> says, okay, check, 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 check. Okay, I'm doing all those things. That's why I'm here talking to you. Jesus, of course, can see through the young man's outward obedience directly into his heart. And there he sees a problem. The young man probably isn't even aware of this at the time. Jesus tells him something he's never said to anybody else. I mean, you look through the whole Bible, nothing in red. Jesus just said this one time. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he says, go sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven. Then come follow me. Craig goes, the story fascinates me for several reasons. First, it clearly states that Jesus loved the guy. He wasn't coming at him in some dogmatic ritual like we, we saw in yesterday's story that Craig shared about the old man at the church door. He knew that his answer was going to be very difficult, kind of like what we do with our kids sometimes. So he wanted him to know how much he loved him. He framed it in love. Second, Jesus made an offer to the guy that outside of the 12 disciples, maybe Paul if you look at it, but, but never like this. I mean, this is something that only the 12 disciples did he do this. He said, come follow me. He offered to have him as a disciple with him. See, Jesus boiled it all down to two things, not a dozen, or not two things, not, not, not two things, not a dozen, not 15, not one thing. It was a hard issue. He was hanging on to those possessions. You just got to get rid of it. What's the one thing that that you lack that's holding you back? Now, it may not be something you share with other people, but it's something you got to look at. If you're a Christian, God's sitting there saying, are you going to trust me? Are you going to come to me and tell me what it is? I already know. And let's work on it together. Number three, what one thing do you need to let go of? Whoa, this is big. <clears throat> I mean, this is huge. What's the one thing you need to let go of? Craig writes, as we've seen, normal people hold on to just about everything. Busyness, money, possessions, grudges, their secret porn addiction, their secret affairs, Everything. Maybe it's time to get weird and do something different. 
let go of one big thing. Man, I, this whole last month I've been focused on Chris Brady, Orrin Woodward, and, and some of the distractions that they have around them, and especially some of their former executive team members who I have become friends with. I, I adore all these guys, and, and yet there's a rift between them in their relationship that is so deep that it, 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 I pray about it daily. I would love to see both sides be able to let go of those past hurts, mend their friendships. They may never be in business together again, but mend their friendships and move forward. It's it's it, That's a tough one. But I use that to say, what is it that you need to let go of? What is it I need to let go of? See, if we're not moving forward, we're not headed where God wants us to be. And I can almost guarantee it's because we're holding on to something from the past, something we should have let go of a long time ago. It gets in the way. It screws us up. We've got to get rid of it. The fourth is what promise do you need to claim? See, if you're a Christian, there's a lot of promises in the Bible. Most of the time we just blow over them. We just think the Bible's a good book. It, I mean, it is a great read. It's got a lot of history, a lot of science, a lot of sex, a lot of money, a lot of leadership. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff in the Bible people don't realize. It's it's not really a book about do's and don'ts as much as it's about hope and opportunity. Maybe you feel like you already know where you're supposed to go. God's already presented it to you. What is it you need to give up? What is it you need to let go of? What promise do you need to claim so that you can start moving in that direction? I remember when, I don't know, this was back in, we'd gotten back from uh, Orlando, the last business trip that we were on as a family together. I was laying in bed that night and had a dream, and I, I think I shared it in one of the radio shows, but Paige and I were in the mountains. It was raining, blizzardy, wet nasty rain we were going down this mountain we couldn't see but we know we were headed at the bottom didn't know if it was going to be a a roaring flood or what as we came up the other side after hitting the bottom it started to clear a little bit and and the road just ended up on a hillside i could see somebody setting on a little stump Paige and I walked up and said, look, we're, we're looking for the road. We've got lost. We don't know where we're going. And he pointed down a different road in a different direction. And we started walking it together. I realized right then that there were some things that God was doing in my life. It wasn't until I started reading Craig's book, Weird, that I realized that new direction <clears throat> didn't mean keep looking back at what had happened. It meant looking forward at where we were going. kind of takes us back to David and Goliath. You know, when David was anointed to be the next king of Israel, he thought the life was grand. Here's this little runt. I say a little runt. He's just littler than all his brothers, but he was built like a brick house. He had to be if he's out there killing bears and lions and everything, working with the sheep. But he thought, man, I'm anointed by God. I'm going to be the next king. Life is sweet. It's kind of like the man in the iron mask. He wasn't going to get it that easy. He went on the run for years. Saul wanted him dead. Saul's best friend, Jonathan. I mean, Saul's son, Jonathan, was David's best friend. Talk about, talk about a mess, man. But in the end, 
David was willing to give up some of his own stuff so that God could work through him. The Bible says David was a man after God's own heart. And yet we know that he was an adulterer, a murderer, a killer. I think David was willing to give up some stuff so that he could get his relationship with God right. God never let David off the hook for his sins. But David always got it and repented and moved on to become a better person. Now I know a lot of you aren't you know, into the into the Christian scene deal, and that's cool. I don't have a problem with that. That's between you and God. And if you ever want to talk about it, feel free to call me up. But I knew I do know that each one of us has been put on this earth for a purpose. Each one of us has baggage that we bring into our business relationships, our marriage, is our our our, our financial relate whatever it is. Those four questions are pretty powerful. You need to go back over this recording. You need to. Go over those four questions and need to answer them yourself. I believe it can change your life. Monday, <clears throat> as we start Dave Ramsey's new book, Entre Leadership, we're going to have a blast with this book. It, 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 Dave is a phenomenal guy. I know him personally. comes to Catalyst every year. He's one of our biggest supporters. Monday, we're going to start looking at what is Entre Leadership. What's it mean? You know, it, it's powerful. You can see Dave Ramsey on Fox Business. You can listen to him on the Dave Ramsey Show. Go to DaveRamsey.com. Seth Godin writes, Dave Ramsey is the real deal. He's, his generosity, insight, and passion comes through in every single thing he does. Dr. Arthur Laffer, who is an economic advisor and president Reagan writes, Dave Ramsey's entre leadership speaks right to the heart of business leaders, showing not just the how-tos, but also the why-tos that apply to any business, from a garage startup to the powerhouse. Glenn Beck, New York Times bestseller, entrepreneurs are needed in America now more than ever, but there's a big difference between starting a company and leading one. Governor Mike Huckabee. Dave Ramsey has taken common sense leadership principles and made them uncommonly practical, useful, and life-changing. That's Trick Cathy, founder of Chick-fil-A. Every entrepreneur is searching for the elusive formula that perfectly blends the creative of the startups with the leadership qualities to guide a growing team. Ramsey reveals the ingredients. And my friend and mentor, John Maxwell, throughout my career I haven't met a leader yet that could not benefit from the clear, practical business principles Dave lays out in his book. We are going to have a blast with this book. Hey, check out the networkmarketingadvocates.com. Putting up some brand new training today and a brand new video over there. You have to be a member, $10 a month, waiting for your cat to bark. If you're serious about building a business and understanding people, then you want to listen as as Jeff and Brian Eisenberg talk about persuasion architecture, how to build your website, your marketing message. It's unlike anything that you'll have. I'm giving you a free ebook along with the videos. If you're a member, it's going to be phenomenal. You're going to love it. Also, MLMHelpDesk.com, a new training series over there, starts today for distributors. 
how to understand compensation plans. I teamed up with Darren Falter, one of the co-founders of Yoli, and he's put a great series together, and we're going to use that. You're going to love it. Hey, folks, live life. Oh, oh, almost forgot. This afternoon on Aces Radio Live, Jimmy and I will have the infamous and wonderful friend, somebody we've been in business with for years, Doug Fireball. This man walks his walk, and he will be with us on Aces Radio Live. You do not want to miss it. Hey, live life like it's an epic adventure. Have a great weekend. I'll see you back here Monday morning on RealMentorsRadio.com. Bye now.